Hey, ebook readers, right now, the Flight Attendant Joe series ebooks are only $2.99. That's Fasten Your Seatbelts and Eat Your Fucking Nuts, Flight Attendant Joe, and I'm Just Here for the Layovers on Amazon, iTunes, Nook, and Kobo, $2.99 each. Hey, everybody, if you enjoy listening to Grounded with Flight Attendant Joe, now is your chance to become a patron of the podcast. Go check out www.patreon.com slash grounded with flight attendant Joe. There's different tiered levels and each of one of them comes with something special and unique, including the Friday debrief, which is a short podcast episode that I record on Friday mornings, just me and my coffee. And it's only available on the Patreon page for patrons. So again, check that out. www.patreon.com slash grounded with flight attendant Joe. <clears throat> I have to clear my throat there. Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 31 of Grounded with Flight Attendant Joe. <sighs> 31 episodes. Yes, I'm going to probably say it every time, so you might as well just get used to it. But let me explain to you why I'm so obsessed with these number things. Um, it started with years, and I think it goes back to 1979 when I was seven, and my grandmother was trying to teach me how to say 1980. I don't know if I've shared this story before, but I had a really hard time remembering 1980. And she would always remind me, and then I'd say, Meme, I called her Meme. I'd say, Meme, what is the year going to be again? And she'd say 1980. So I don't know if it's that, but I start, I'm, I'm really obsessed with numbers, and I'm, I'm obsessed with like coming in, starting in October. I'll start saying things like, can you believe it's the end of 2020? And then as it starts progressing closer to the end of the year, it'll be, oh, can I can't believe it's going to be 2020. And I'll say to my husband, can you believe it's going to be 2020? And he'll say, yes, because that's how years work. They, <laughs> they move up. It's not a shock that it's going to be 2021. It's, you knew it, you, that you know it's going to be 2022. But in my mind... I might want to talk to my therapist about this, but I just had this thought of maybe it's because I'm surprised I'm still alive to see 2020. Because if we're alive, we're lucky. We're lucky. You know, 100 years ago, we would have been taken out with a hangnail. So the fact that I'm alive now is so interesting to me. So I think that's why I get so excited. Can you believe it's going to be 1990? Yes, yes, that was 30 years ago. Don't even get me started on thinking that 1990 was 30 years ago, because I'll probably just crawl onto the floor and cry like a baby. <laughs> Whoa, that's a little loud. All right, let's get to the important stuff. Today, on this episode, I have Christina and DJ. They are the owners of Tailwinds CrossFit in Jacksonville. And we talked not only about physical fitness and getting out there and just helping me understand what CrossFit is, we talked a lot about mental health and how important it is to focus on your mental health as you do on your physical health. We talked about raising kids to be better humans. And, you know, you can't change the world, but if you have kids, you can raise them to be better human beings, and that's helping change the world, and I think that's fantastic. We talked about how do you start a CrossFit program when you can barely leave the couch? That answer, that question was from me. We chatted about the CEO, Greg Klassman, with his insensitive and racist tweet, and then his Zoom call conversation that leaked. He had to, he was taken away from his position. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome Christina and DJ to the show. All right, we are ready. Hey, everybody, welcome to Grounded with Flight Attendant Joe. I have my guests today, Christina and DJ. They are the owner-operators of Tailwinds CrossFit Gym in Jacksonville, Florida. Welcome to the show, guys. How you doing? Good, how are you? 
I'm doing good. I got my coffee. I'm a little excited this morning. You know, it's I usually don't record this early in the morning. I'm usually still sitting on the sofa. Um, so you guys have me up and showered and coffee, and I'm ready to go. I feel honored. I feel honored. <laughs> well, I would have got up at 5 o'clock in the morning for you guys. I know you guys are gym people, so it's oh, – yeah. Up early, kids go to school, got to work out, you know, so I, I understand that, that schedule. Oh, yeah. We're not that early gym people, but yes. <laughs> You're not what? We're not that early gym people, but yes, not the 6 a.m. sunrise gym people. I had to hire a coach for that because there was just no way that was going to uh, <laughs> sustain for me, but... <laughs> 9 a.m. and later, absolutely. Well, if you're the owner, I think you can do that. Yes, I can. Yeah, that's, I can. <laughs> that's part of that's part of the the excitement of owning a company. You can say, I come in at nine. Oh, there's a six o'clock class. Well, I'm gonna hire someone to do that because I'm not doing that. <laughs> she exactly. is delighted to do it, so it just works out really well. That works out great. Well, before we even get started, I want to rewind a little bit, Christina. Um because, you know, I know you're married. I know your husband's a pilot and, you know, we've talked to pilots a thousand times and you can only get you can only squeeze a pilot so much and get a different information out of them. But you. <laughs> yeah. Like I've been around so many pilots. There's not even that many questions I need to ask. But <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. But um, Christina, you have a master's degree in marriage and family therapy and a Ph.D. in general psychology. Is that cor am I correct? That's correct. How do you go from the, that type of educate, like I'm sit, I'm a therapist and now I'm going to open up a gym. How does that come to fruit? How does that work out for you? Um, actually, it comes out, uh, comes together pretty nicely. Um, having the mental health background um, really is what put me towards that desire to want to do CrossFit. So um, I did CrossFit as a, a personal thing. Uh, many years ago, after I had my second child, um, I needed an, a way to, like many people, I felt like I needed to shed weight. I wanted to be fit again. Um, and it becomes much more difficult when it's your second child uh, to do that. So a little bit of image issues going on. It's kind of a normal thing, I think, that women feel and experience at some point in their life. Um, so I, I have a cousin who lives in Texas, and he was doing CrossFit. And he was telling me about it, and I thought, okay, that sounds like it could kick my butt pretty good, and, you know, I'm going to go try it out. And so I did, um, and I had a fabulous experience. The first thing I realized is, number one, I felt very weak, um, and these people were happened to be flipping tires, which is such a stigma in CrossFit. It just so happens that that's what they were doing when I showed up, but that's not what CrossFit is about. <laughs> I was going to um, ask you about that. <laughs> <laughs> that's not what we do. I think in my whole CrossFit career in seven years, I flipped tires maybe like a handful of times, but it's just funny that that was what they were doing. Um, but they were so nice. Uh, they welcomed me in. They were like, hey, you can do this. Like, come over here. You know, they were just, it wasn't exclusive. They were very inclusive. And I just thought, okay, cool. And like, they were so kind and so empowering. And that was, that's what drew me the most. Um, so I stuck with it, did it for a while, and then convinced my husband to do it. Um, and then we just, we've just never let go of it since then. So the psychology behind CrossFit is what really drew me. Um, I saw how it impacted my life. I saw the friends that I gained from it. They're still my friends to this day. Um, I saw you know, how I felt about myself. 
and I saw the you know community aspect of it, and I just loved it. I felt very welcomed and 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 just a part of something much bigger. Um, and so, as a mental health professional, I'm thinking, wow, like what that does for people mentally, and how I could be that change for someone else mentally. So when I went to open the gym, I obviously um, talked to a number of people because I'm, I'm a real believer in that if you want to do something really well, you've got to surround yourself by people who know what they're talking about, know what they're doing, educate yourself and, and do it really well. I don't ever do anything halfway. Um, I believe in quality. So I really wanted to make sure I did this right. And it literally started over uh, a conversation at dinner, dinner and drinks with friends. And I said, you know, we're going to do this. And I'm the type of person who's crazy enough to say, if I'm going to do it, it's going to happen. I can second that. (laughs) (laughs) Um, That's like my life story, honestly. And he could probably attest to that too. But, um, and then I just never let it go. There was a ton of barriers along the way, which is a whole nother conversation. But um, I just, no was not an option. So I said, we're going to change the way uh, we help people. We're going to make this, really amazing place, a place of safety and security. And we're going to make people feel really empowered and happy and proud of themselves. And then as a result of that, they're going to be like amazingly fit and strong. Um, but we're going to, we're going to do this through the mental health channel. We're going to really target that. Um, so if you ever look at, um, a lot of what we talk about, yeah, you're seeing people who are doing things physically, but you're hearing a lot in the message that has to talk about what we do mentally. And I, I've always taken that approach that when people come in, the first thing I want to do is I want to make them feel welcome. I want them to, because they have apprehension. They're scared. Uh, they have a lot of things going on in their life. Oftentimes, maybe a tr- trauma, divorce, whatever. And um, so there, there's some apprehension coming in to a gym of people they don't know. So I, I try to talk to people first. I try to make them feel welcome, explain things, um, bring out you know, some of the education about what CrossFit really is and take it very slow. I'm not, you're not going to come in. I'm not going to say, come on, dude, throw the weight on. Let's just start, you know, ripping the barbell around. That's just not what it's about. It's about getting you in there making you feel comfortable, safe, and secure. And then as you feel better about yourself and more confident in yourself, you're going to, you're going to do things that you never knew you could do as a result of that. And as a result of that, you're going to get stronger. So it's the mental strength first. The physical strength is the byproduct of that. I love that you said that. I love that you brought up mental strength because so many people focus <clears throat> on their arms and their legs and just working out their body. But but we <clears throat> need to work out our mental health too. I think mental health is the th- if you have a strong mental health, you're going to be able to push forward in life much easier. Oh, Joe. Absolutely. Oh, Joe. That is such a conversation. (laughs) Well, you know, I'm in therapy. I actually have a call with my therapist today. We're doing the virtual calls. And I should charge him because I spend at least 30 minutes making him laugh. And then I'm like, all right, let's talk about my sadness. But what? So do you think, though, with your educational background, and DJ, don't worry, you're not off the hook. I'm coming to you. Don't worry. With, no, um, no, no, I'm not worried. With that, um, well, this makes sense because, you know, you, you have, uh, Christina has a mental health background. She doesn't really need to see clients when she's married to you. Yeah, I know. I'm a train wreck. I know. Ask him, ask him why he married me, Joe. Why did you marry her, DJ? It would be cheaper. 
You know, just oh. instead of paying for the therapist, just marry her. Oh my god! We tell people all the time, "Why would I go see a therapist? I just marry one, and then it's cheaper for me. I got the help right here." It is. <laughs> you know, if I'm ever yeah. div- if I ever get divorced, I'm going to just marry a therapist because that is the smartest <laughs> thing. Because not only do you get fifty percent of everything, but you get free health care, mental health care. I mean, it's it's exactly. a no brainer. It's a no brainer. And but, she tells me when I'm doing wrong all the time. Well, she, uh, listen, you're married listen, to a therapist, right? Listen. She's Sicilian. She you know, keeps me in line. <laughs> I don't think you have to be a mental health therapist to tell you what you're doing wrong, but that is so off topic. So I want to go back to Christina's education for a minute. So yeah, that's you know, more important. With this, <laughs> no, we have plenty of time. With with a background in psychology and mental health and family, do you think that gave you the um, not courage, but gave you the the power to say, you know what, I can do this because I have this background that helps me feel stronger. Do you know what I'm saying? Yes. I probably not said it. I didn't say it clearly. I'm not awake yet, but yeah, that's that's what I mean. Um, I think that what it made me, it it made me feel like not only, not that I could do it, um, not that I could do this better as much as I could do it differently. So the traditional approach, if you look at many backgrounds and I don't, there's like 15,000 affiliates. So I can't tell you that that's like everyone. I mean, you've got all walks of life and professions that open affiliates. Um, and there's doctors, there's, you know, physical therapists, a lot of athletes go into it. Um, former military, just, just a few things that I, a few of them that I know off the top of my head, but I don't know of any. And again, that's not saying that there aren't any, but I don't know of, many or if of any that go into this from a background like mine, not as an owner. Um, and so going in, I felt like I could do it differently and that's not, that's not necessarily better. Maybe, maybe it means that, but it's definitely different for sure. Because again, my approach isn't to go in and focus so much on the physical health and the physical strength. That's what a lot of people do focus on. And when I talk to other affiliate owners, um, when I talk to other people in the process community and I explain my approach, they're like, wow, you know, I never really thought about that. They'll talk a little bit about the mental strength that comes out of CrossFit, but it's not at the forefront. And that's actually um, one of my concerns with CrossFit. And that kind of will play into, I'm sure, of a question you're going to ask me later. <laughs> but um, is that we're not talking enough about mental health. That's my, that's my concern with a lot of things right now, that mental health isn't at the forefront of what we're doing in general. And if it were, if it were a much bigger part of the conversation, you would see a very different world right now. You really would. And I think that's why our world at CrossFit Tailwinds is so different is because we do look at it like that. So when you do walk in, if you ask my members, and I don't have like, Comparatively, we're new. We're, we're coming up on our year anniversary. Oh, congratulations. This month. Thank you. And we're super excited about that. But comparatively, numbers-wise, we're smaller um, uh, uh, in terms of numbers. We're growing, which is beautiful, and I love it. Expanding the family is amazing. But I use certain verbiage with people and, and just the way I talk to them. And, the, and, and I hire certain people. I have a very different way of hiring. I won't just hire off the street. I want you to become assimilated to our culture to how we do things here so you can't do that if you haven't been a member if you haven't been part of Kelwin's family because we aren't you know it's not the same you'll, you'll you can go into a bunch of different CrossFits and generally speaking it is but there 
you can just like anything have different experiences, good experiences, bad experiences, um, and depending on their approach. So we take a very specific approach to things and my coaches are amazing. I love them. The leadership is incredible at Tailwind and I'm, we're small. Like I, you ask DJ, like, God, you're working so much. And I said, I don't care. I would rather coach every single class and know that those members are getting what they're paying for and what they deserve and treated fairly and respectfully and empowered than hire someone, some coach off the street just because they have a certification in CrossFit, put them in there and tarnish any good thing that we've created. It's just not going to happen. I would make that sacrifice. Right. Um, because they might not have the same goal as you. If they're coming from a different a different place or a, just a different mindset, they're coming in like, hurrah! And you're like, whoa, <laughs> whoa, slow down yeah, exactly. a minute. Slow down a minute. Right. Um, yeah. You, you mentioned something about people don't talk a lot about mental health. And as a oh, mental yeah. health professional, why do you think it's so easy for someone to say, oh, you know, I have cancer. Oh, I have this problem. I have this problem. But people don't want to say, oh, you know what? I'm bipolar. Oh, oh, you know what? I have, you know, I, I suffer from depression. Because I think a lot of people get confused with the term depression and sadness. Like, I feel sad a lot, but it doesn't mean I'm depressed and I can't get out of bed. And right. I hear so many friends like, I'm depressed. I'm like, are you, Clint, are you depressed or are you just sad because you're not at work? Because there's a difference. Yeah. Um, um, you know, mental health, you have to think about mental health on like a spectrum. You know, it's not, it's not just like one or the other. It's not like you're mentally ill or you're not. It's, you know, it's, 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 um, a scale, you know, you've got severe mental health, like very debilitating mental health that can, you know, require, you know, hospitalization or medication management, um, all the way to like your average person who experiences, um, bouts of depression. Maybe they went through a depressive episode because they lost somebody in their life. Um, or they're making a major change in life, which brings about, you know, anxiety. Um, you know, so all the way up to, you know, somebody who doesn't have, um, is really good at having outlets and coping skills and they don't really feel any much of anything. So they're not going to necessarily call it depression or anxiety. They're going to just say, I feel nervous or I feel a little sad today. Um, right. and, and all in between, right? So it's a spectrum. Um, and that's the first thing I think we need to understand because it's the stigma that if you say I'm bipolar, then you must be like this manic person who just goes really high, high, really low, low, and you're like unstable, right? Sure. Um, yeah. and, and, and so there's just a lot of, and there's a lot of reasons why people think that. I think, you know, you've got media and television and, and we just, we, we just, put things out there in a light that Internet, um, everything. Is, yeah. it's not represent it's not representative, right? Or you just read a little bit. So that's where education comes in. Um, education is super important and empowerment is super important. Um, I'm really, really big on that word. That word means a lot to me. And I, um, I think it's important that we help to educate people so they feel empowered enough to make that step to come in. Um, and again, that's how I treat even my clients, like the first thing I say to them is I, you know, I explain to them about what therapy is. You know, this is a place for you to feel safe and secure. Here's where I'm required as a mandated reporter to say certain things. And then here's what confidentiality means. Here's mm -hmm. where, where you have, you know, the, the opportunity to talk about things without feeling like there's going to be backlash or judgment. I'm like, this is a judgment-free zone. 
you know, I need to make sure that people stay, feel safe and secure. And that's really what it comes down to. If they don't feel safe and secure, they're not going to tell you anything, anybody. Right. So oh, yeah. I try to make that very um, apparent first. And I tell people, like, I may not be the right therapist for you, and that's okay. I don't have an ego. I operate from a very confident standpoint. And so I, I, I'm okay with saying, you know, this first session is about you getting to know me, me getting to know you, making sure we're a good fit. If you don't feel like I'm a good fit for you, I'm okay with that. I want you to get the help. In fact, I'll, I'll help you find somebody else. Because I'd rather you still get the help you need than put myself first because I have to be, oh, the best therapist. You know, nope, you have to see me. I'm the best. Um, and, and make sure that you actually get the help that you need. It's more hurtful for me for you to walk away feeling like you didn't get help and then you don't try again because you didn't connect with me than it is for me to put that out there. I'd rather risk that. It's not about the money. Um, I'm a good fit for people, but I'm not a good fit for everyone. And there's a difference. Well, that means, well, I understand that. Um, I think that's, that makes sense. I have friends who are like, oh, this is the third therapist I've seen in three months. I just can't find one that I like. And I'm like, well, you know, what are you looking for? Because I think sometimes people go into therapy looking for the therapist to just answer all their questions, like tell them what to do. And um, I don't think that's what therapy is about. Therapy is about you asking the person questions, getting the person to come up with the solutions on their own. Is that a good way to describe it? Uh, that's a fair way. Yeah. You know, we're not um, advice givers. We're not fixers. We're not here to change you. We're here to empower you so that you feel comfortable and confident and, you know, acknowledging what your concerns really are and then how you could create the tools to make the change that you want to see. So you could be the best version of you. That's what it's about. I love Whatever it. it is that you're striving to be, we want you to be the best version of you to the point where you can go out and function in the world, feel comfortable, feel healthy, feel happy, feel safe, and that you're not doing harm. Right. And that's well, part of the problem. <laughs> what was that? DJ? I'm still working on it. <laughs> oh, well, you're a pilot. You'll be working on it for a long time. But I'm glad that you interrupted, DJ. I almost forgot you were oh. here. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. Um, so, DJ, let me ask you. Your wife's a mental health therapist. When you need to talk about things, do you have to say, like, hey, listen, I want to talk to you like my wife right now, or hey, I want to talk to I, I need your advice right now, but not – no judging. Don't judge me because I didn't fill up the dishwasher correctly. I have a real serious problem that I want to talk to you about. Do you guys have those conversations? Um, yes, sometimes. I think that um, we need to uh, you know, have that moment where it's just her and I, and we'll talk about stuff with the family, and there's other things that might be bothering her through the day, and I have to remember that, you know, she needs that time to speak with me and we have to make sure that um, I'm trying to figure out the right word for it. I mean, she, I, we never really have a compartmentalized conversation in regards to, all right, I need to have a conversation with, you know, just you and the kids. You know what I mean? Yeah. I don't know how else to explain it. Like, but, um, go ahead. Sorry. Go ahead. No, I didn't say. Oh, I was going to say like with my husband and I, I have to say to, like, we have to tell each other, like, I'm just venting right now, so I don't really need your advice. <laughs> We've gotten into lots of problems with that, where it's like, I'm venting, I'm venting, and then he'll start giving me advice. I'll be like, I didn't ask for your advice. I'm just bitching. 
And he's like, well, Ooh. you've got to tell me that. I'm like, all right, listen, I'm just bitching right now about my, the company I work for. I don't, I think don't, that's, don't a, that's a downfall it. for me. That, that's a downfall for me just because sometimes I feel like I, I try to fix it and she's just trying to vent. And I, she's not looking at me to fix anything. She just needs to tell me what's going on in her day. And that's something I continue indeed to work on. You know what I mean? Oh yeah, absolutely. That's why I brought it up because I kind of had an yeah. I, I kind of knew like this can't just be my relationship. And I talk to other married people, and they have the same types of things. So I'm like, oh, this isn't this isn't an, a me issue. This is a married to another human being trying to cohabitate in a house together, which is so oh, much yeah. work. It's so <laughs> hard. Yeah, well, that's where communication comes in. You know, we so when I when we first met, like we we were talkers, like we've we're the type that would sit on the back patio in college and just talk oh, yeah. for hours and hours and hours into the morning. Like we've ne never had a problem communicating, um, which is nice. Like <laughs> we'll just say like, let's go talk, you know, uh, the, now it's, know, harder, evolved, it's definitely um, harder. Finding the time is harder for sure. Yeah, but that's we, what I mean. we, you know, we do it and we did it. Uh, I think during the quarantine, you know, we found some time to, I just knew that it needed, like, we both were, we were just going, you're in survival mode. And that, that was a whole nother kind of, uh, feeling and, and conversation and newness. And like, I'm now trapped in the house with a pilot. Like, come on, <laughs> what am I supposed to do? <laughs> you Thanks for that was coming. God. Listen, <laughs> yeah, our relationship has been like, you know, revolving around, um, change. So he comes, he goes, we adjust, we adapt. We have these different types of, routines that we adjust to when he's home versus when he's not home. And you get so into that, that now he's home for a chunk of time. This is the most time I think we've ever spent together since he's been yeah. a pilot ever. So yeah, yeah. it was an adjustment for us. <laughs> um, and, uh, and we had to have a conversation. We had to you know, like sit down and be like, listen, we have to adjust how we're doing things because this is not what we're used to. And we could feel things kind of tensing up. Um, and we did, we had a, a, a conversation about it. Um, we work well together. We're very compatible, but, um, you know, we have kids and different responsibilities. And so as you go through the different life cycle changes and bring about different challenges, and we've most recently noticed, uh, having little, you know, boys, two boys that are now getting to that preteen age almost. Uh, oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. I'm sorry. Parenting is a big conversation for us, you know? Right. Um, and lots of patience. Got to have lots of patience. Well, what was your... I just don't have patience, Joe. Well, I, well uh, do you have Italian back... You have Italian heritage, am I correct? Sicilian Italian, yeah. yeah. Um, God help me. Yeah, my... You know, I recently <laughs> found my biological father, and his, his dad is from the Naples area of Italy. So that's where that's part of my heritage. So I understand I have zero patience. I talk with my hands. I get very loud, even if I'm not angry. <laughs> so I'll, yeah. I'll say something like, what the fuck? And Matt will say, what's wrong? And I'll be like, nothing. Yeah. I'm like, it's yeah. 80, it, uh, it just, it just hit 80 degrees. Nothing's wrong. And he's like, well, the way you speak, it sounds like there's, some, there's a fireball coming to the earth. I'm like, no, no, it's just hot. This is just how I talk. <laughs> that's, so funny. that's funny it's true that is the way um so i used to be a lot more like that i've been able to 
curtail that quite a bit just because of my profession and my professional life. <laughs> right. Imagine your therapist. A little bit. Like that. A little bit. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, when I'm in my elements with my friends and my family, it's a little easier to kind of relax. But, you know, I have a responsibility as a professional. I don't take that lightly. I really don't. I am. No, I'm, that she does not. She will tell you, I'm a reminder that, that there's a time and place for everything. And um, I'm a leader, you know, I'm a leader, um, a business owner. I'm a leader in the field of mental health. Right. I'm a leader in the CrossFit community. And I, I take my mentorship very, very seriously. So when I'm home, when I'm among friends, fine, you know, we can lack it up a little bit. I'll throw an F-bomb around. It's, you know, it's fine. Um, yeah. But when I am, you know, out, when I'm representing, when I need to be in that light, it, it, it's not like it's a drastic change. It's just that, you know, <laughs> my, my Sicilianist might be toned down just a little bit because you can't, not everybody miss, you know, can look to you. Like you said, you said the F word out loud and people thought something was wrong. Imagine if I walked around doing that in the professional <laughs> community. People would be like, that therapist is crazy. Oh my God. It would, <laughs> be, it would be if I was sitting in a lobby of a health, mental health office and I heard the therapist like, what the fuck is wrong with you? I'd be like, I need to see that person. That is my you new therapist. That, that, I, I see her all the time. I need, you, I need that. I need that. <laughs> you might feel that way, but right. you know what? Um, I, so the last few years I've done, I'm a, I'm a certified trauma professional too. And the last few years I've worked a lot more with uh, people who have traumatic backgrounds. And let me tell you something, Joe, that would not fly with them. They're already on edge. Yeah, that's me true. going, what the fuck? And really loud. <laughs> we'll probably like kick in PTSD symptoms and startle them. And that would not go well. That, so yes, I, I understand. I know, but it sounds I have to be funny. Very mindful. Yes. It, it sounds funny in theory until, you know, right. um, and so with certain people, like I said, with my friends who know me, I can be like that and I can do that. But and you have to know bad. your audience. You have to be careful. <laughs> right. And I, you know, in on the podcast, I am I'm a well in real life too. I see a therapist. I'm very pro mental health. I'm very I'm one of those people that believes everyone should be in therapy because at some point in your life something's happened that you probably should talk about. Um, so I'm I remember when I sat down with my therapist for the first time, this new one since I moved to Colorado. I said to him, I said, first of all, you guys should be millionaires because if if the world was the way it should be, everyone should be coming to you. And he was like, oh, thank you. Mm -hmm. But going back a moment, um, what has been your biggest challenge for both of you now that you're home, that you've been home so much during this COVID-19 pandemic situation? Um, well, so for the first month, and I think, um, the feedback I actually get from a lot of people is very similar. Um, the first month felt kind of like nice. I mean, it was nice. It was nice to stop being busy to stop having to run around, to be together. You know, we hadn't seen him much. Um, he was busy working. The kids miss him to death. And that's always, you know, challenging, trying to explain that to him. And I think he puts it very well. DJ, tell them how you explain to the boys about your job as a pilot. Like, what well, do you do? I, I told them that, you know, don't you, understand, uh, don't you want dad to help them see, uh, see other children out there, want to see their parents? You know, when they're home missing daddy just remember that you know there's other kids out there waiting for their parents to come home whether it might be a businessman or a businesswoman it doesn't you know they're on a trip and if i don't go to work you know because i'm on reserve but most of the time uh unfortunately you know they're sitting there 
and the pilot calls out sick or whatever may happen. Um, if I don't, if I'm not there, you know, if we're short staffed at the time, not anymore, but if we're short staffed, if I don't show up to work, their flight's going to get canceled and they're not going to come home and they're not going to see their mom or dad. And it could be another day or two. And once they put it, once I put it in that context, I think they kind of understand that, you know, they don't mind daddy going away for a couple of days in order for other kids to see their mom and dad. I don't know if I articulated that well, but I mean, that's kind of how I explain it to them. No, I think, I think no. that's perfect. Yeah, no, I understood. Yeah. And I've never really um, heard anybody say it like that. And I thought it was a very um, well thought like response because, you know, they, they're, they see it from a very selfish standpoint. Like I just want my dad, which I get, right. but he's helping in a different like, like he's not like, well, I'm a pilot. I need to just go make a bunch of money. And so we can have a really fancy, like, it's not, that's not what he says to our children. He says, Hey, listen, like I think of it from again, a much more mental health focused standpoint of I'm connecting people. Like if, if I weren't in this profession, I wouldn't be able to bring families together all around the world. Um, right. Or go on vacations too. It could right. be another thing. Like, wouldn't you want to go to Disney world if you we're home and then the flight got canceled and you had to wait another day or if you missed a cruise or whatever it may be, you know, you have to think of it in the bigger picture. And that's what I was trying to do um, with our two sons, you know, and so they kind of understand it's not daddy's leaving to be mean. It's daddy's leaving to help other people. And how did they, were they, were they open to that idea? Because that sounds like you're getting, you're make, you're telling them so that they understand it at their level. Like I miss you. Other kids would miss their dad. Oh, my dad's like a superhero. This is cool. <laughs> well, I don't think that. <laughs> I'm but, just trying I mean, to, I'm just they, trying to make you feel better because yeah, we kind I mean, of left you I out mean, of the conversation a little bit. No, no, I, I'm enjoying it. She's <laughs> great. I mean, it's just, you know, I think my youngest still doesn't, correlate the the connection of me helping other parents but my oldest joseph uh you know he definitely does and he still gets upset but it's not as severe as it once was i don't know if that you yeah, know he, he oh, understands yeah, no. yeah. And, and how old are they well, soon to be 10, but six and nine. Six and nine. Okay. Seven, and, seven and nine. Seven and nine. God, they're growing so fast. Seven. I know he just had his birthday last month. So <laughs> They're growing so fast, you don't even know their ages. Hopefully, they won't listen to this. Um, <laughs> no, they will not. No, they will not. No, they will not. But I, I, I appreciate that. And I think that's so important that you share that about how you tell your kids how you go to work. Because... I, I admire that. So thank you very much for sharing. No, that I mean, story. He, he definitely, I mean, before we had this conversation, he would be really upset. I mean, really hysterical crying and didn't want me to go to work more. So Joseph, he's a very emotional kid, you know, and I felt horrible, you know, when you have to leave your son, he's all he wants to do is to spend time with you and you have right. to tell him, you know, no, I got to go to work. I mean, it's, it's part of what I have to do and, you know, put food on the table. Um, you know, I just, I had to come up with another way and with Christina's help, you know, and kind of getting to his understanding level of what was going on. I felt like that was the best course of action. And it's true because like, you know, again, we are in the, in the, we're about helping people. Like DJ and I are very giving and loving and helpful people. Like, there's not a hatred zone in our body. We, we, that's just how we see the world. 
And we want our kids to emulate that too. So we try to put it in words so we can see that this is what you do. Like, this is how you give back. This is how you, this is how you can be the change in your world and how your world can affect other worlds. So for DJ, it's being a pilot and bringing people together. He loves to fly. He's great at flying. Um, he's been doing it. I paid her to say that. <laughs> <laughs> he's been doing it since he's 14. <laughs> he, DJ, you've been um, flying since you were 14? Yeah. What is yeah, that, like 60 years? Ago. <laughs> <laughs> That's a lot. <laughs> 14. Now, well, um, I started in, in New York. It was actually part of a, a, of a program. Oh, um, so and then cool. when I went to high school, it was paid for by the state of New York. I got my pilot's license for free. Um, wow. It was part of high school. Uh, but I did start before I went into this program and it was great. I mean, it got me from pretty much doing very mediocre work, like 60, 70, you know, on my grades to getting passionate about something. And when I flew a plane for the first time, I was hooked. I mean, I loved every minute of it. Next thing you know, I was getting 90s and 100s because I knew, you know, if I didn't do well in school, I wouldn't be able to become a pilot. So I put a, a huge effort and that's my, even my parents thought so. I loved every minute of it, and uh, yeah, it's been great ever since. I started when I was really young, and I've been all over the world, so I, I'm very grateful for the opportunity. Now, your your sons, and by the way, congratulations on the name Joseph. I couldn't I couldn't agree with a more perfect name. By the way, I guess we're. In I knew that was coming. And if you when you said Joseph is emotional, I was like. Uh, are they calling me out on my own podcast? Oh, wait a minute. No, they're talking about their nine-year-old, which if you, if I brought my husband in here, he would say, you know, sometimes I'm confused between nine-year-olds and my 47-year-old husband. So, I mean, we're on the same level. Um, do they ever, do either one of them have a desire to either get into uh, mental health or become a pilot or like become... Um, Oh my God, I'm, I'm losing my wording here. Um, I, I what is it, too, what is it when I, you pay someone? Oh my God, I'm having an Alzheimer's moment. What is it when you pay someone to help you work out? Oh my God. A trainer? Yes. Oh, geez. Uh, remember when you said, do you edit anything in the podcast? This could be one of those moments. No, I'm going to leave it at. I'm too lazy. Um, yeah. Do they, what are, do they talk about what they want to be when they grow up? Oh yeah. They're very vocal about that. Joseph has like a, list of like 10 different things but aviation is definitely on the top of the list. um are you there advanced like he is very smart um so he's got a vocabulary that's better than all three of ours <laughs> um, <laughs> that's awesome you should, that. <laughs> you should do a podcast with a pilot and his son and have my son on he would he would really uh do Oh man! Hey, I will have Second. a ten-year-old on the podcast, and I don't have to swear. Oh, It'd be great. He—he's. Um, I mean, honestly, I enjoy talking to him sometimes more than I do adults. I really do because he's just so intellectually stimulating and curious, and he's very smart. Like he absorbs things so well. Um, but he has a strong desire to do aviation. Um, my little guy, he's like, I want to swim with sharks. <laughs> I want to um, swim was, with sharks. Yeah, he wants to be like okay, a stupid Irish swim with sharks. Okay, it's completely different from anything that we do. Nobody wants to be a therapist uh, out of my boys for sure. Um, but they do like helping people. They're very helpful and sweet boys when they're not being crazy little Italian boys. Well, and they're <laughs> and they're learning from the, they're learning from good role models. I always say that. 
you know, you have parents. Yes, being a, I'm not a parent, but I'm sure parenting is very difficult. But also, I think one of the things that scares me the most about parenting is I'm responsible for making sure you don't grow up to be a big asshole. And mm. I think that's the scariest yeah. thing because I would take it personal. If my kid was like 17 or 18 and they were an asshole, I would be like, I did not raise you this way. Now I'm going to have to beat you up. <laughs> exactly. Right. So, um, yeah, that's yeah. Scary we have me. a lot of conversations with our kids. We have been for a while. I mean, we've been, we're, we've always been, conver- ever since they were old enough to really articulate, we've done that. We're big into family dinners, sitting around yeah. asking, hey, how was, even like as simple as, how was your day? What, what did you learn today? What was one good thing that happened today? What was one thing that you felt didn't go so well? Um, Joseph will talk forever. Like that kid doesn't talking he guys, really enjoys talking you guys are in so much trouble i yeah we are i mean we the are. more you're telling I me got no, joseph, i got no fight left joseph emotional <laughs> he talks a lot he's not even 10 oh god am i looking into the future is he gonna be a, a he's gonna be amazing he's gonna be amazing that's what he's gonna be well and if he's in now the Lord. airline industry it's even gonna be better yeah go. but but we took the quarantine really to go back to your original question to the beginning to really like be together as a family and just kind of take some things off of our plates and unload. And that was fine. And then it got a little challenging because number one, my practice took off. Like people really started to go once they realized they were being quarantined for more than like a month, it really, you saw a mental decline and, and we're continuing to decline by the way. Um, yeah. oh, can, let me, I have a clarifying <laughs> question. I have a clarifying question. Are you still an active mental health therapist? Do you have patients at this moment in, lo- yeah. in time? Oh, so you're like, no. So you're like running a CrossFit gym and still helping people by being a mental health professional. Yes. I have two businesses. I have a Whoa. full-time practice and a full-time gym. I am so turned on. <laughs> and everything is located under one roof at a wellness center. We call it the elite wellness center. So there's mm-hmm. also other businesses there. Um, we have a sports and neuromuscular massage uh, company called Energy Balance Performance. Uh, we have a registered dietitian in there, uh, Nourish Lift Repeat. We're working on bringing in a chiropractor and a physical therapist. And then we've got the CrossFit gym. So it's a full wellness center. So my job is, uh, I wear several hats. I have the gym, I have my practice, and then I have all these other you know, professionals that work under there to you know, collaborate with them and make sure that the wellness center is operating where it needs to be so that we are providing, you know, a one-stop shop opportunity for people to come and be well. Um, so I'm also doing a lot of discussion and um, collaborating with those owners as well and Thanks managing mom and, all the, and a mom <laughs> and a husband and, and I have a husband. So <laughs> which um, is a lot a of lot. work in its own. Yeah. It's that's like, a, that's like three right. jobs. I love the idea, though, um, at the Elite Wellness Center, though, that you in Jacksonville, that you can just go there and you just can take care of everything, your mental health special, 100%. gym and everything like that. Do you find yourself when you're in under this umbrella at this at the wellness center, do you find yourself going in and out of roles? Have you ever had to like somebody's in the CrossFit gym and you kind of had to if they were having a breakdown and you had to help them mentally while they're still working out? So I do go in and out of roles and that like I will put on my coach's outfit and I will coach a class and then I will turn around and change and go start, you know, seeing clients for the day. 
Um, and so I have to costume change quite often. Um, but I love being there because even if I'm not coaching that day and I'm practicing on my breaks, I can come out and see the members and say hi to them. And I still get to be connected to my community, which is very important for me. I don't want to be, you know, the, the odds behind the curtain who just owns it and never has face time with my members. I love them. They are amazing. They are what makes CrossFit CrossFit. And so I would feel sad when I don't get to be there. You know, I mean, I, I know I have other coaches and they're doing an amazing job too, but I miss them. I, I mean, when I don't see them, I miss them. And when I do see them, I'm like, Hey, how are you? Like, how's things going? I know them by their names. I know what they do. I know about their families. Like I make an appoint to be connected with them. And because I want to, I don't want them just to be, you know, that's, that's what makes us different than like a YMCA or another Globo gym where you're just coming in and, you know, swiping a card and, they're just a number. Like we, it's a place where people know who you are. Uh, we hang out. We we do events together. We celebrate together. Um, so there are times where I have to take on a mentorship like role. I'm very, very, very cognizant of the difference in my roles, and I don't convolute those boundaries. Um, and so my, my mental health background just makes me a better coach. Because I think that it makes me have the opportunity to empathize with people and know that right. they're coming in from different walks of life. And somebody who has a body image or whatever, who's upset, had a rough day, I can pull them aside because I can see, that, you know, I can catch on to body language much quicker, I think. I have an eye of observation. And so I'll pull them aside and like, hey, what's going on? Like, I saw you were messing with your shirt or you're upset or, you know whatever, you know, and they might be like self-conscious about something or they might've had a bad day and they will open up to me. And I'm like, listen, that's what this place is for, is for you to come and feel okay. If the rest of the world sucks, fine, whatever. But when you come through our doors, it doesn't suck anymore. It's the one time and the one place where you can let all of that go and just keep it outside because we keep the environment that way for a reason. We want people to have a place to come to um, it really sounds so, yeah. like the perfect place to go for to work out because just the idea of where you're coming from in the message, like if I lived in Jacksonville, I'd be coming there only because I would feel like it was safe and I would feel like I could talk to you or everyone's there with the same message and the same purpose. And I think that's cool. Yeah. Yeah. And, and even with like all the things that are going on right now, you know, like I said, there's a big mental health decline. So we need to have more safe places for people to go. And, you know, this just opens that opportunity for, for it to occur. Um, and I'm of the mindset that like, I can't, I know, like I'm very comfortable with saying and understanding that like I empathize and I see, I see things going around. And of course I'm like, God, we need to like fix this. I get so upset and passionate, but then I'm able to take a step back and say, you know, I can't change the world. And I, I literally told this to my members in an email last night. Like I can't change the world. I, I can't, but I can be the change in your world. So mm -hmm. when you come into contact with me, whomever you are, whether it's a stranger, a member, a client, it doesn't matter. I can show, you know, the respect and the kindness and the love and the care and the grace to make you feel better just being a good person. And then my hope is that by doing that, you learn 
a little bit of something and you take that and give that to someone else and then it's just a pay it forward. And then then I am changing the world because right. I'm being the change that I have control over and then you get to do it. And then before you know it, we kind of have this just like much larger change. And that's really what being the change is to me in any kind of situation. It doesn't really matter. So if we can start doing it on a mental way, that's why I'm so big on mental health. I think you'll see a lot of things that you're seeing go away and get improve and get better. And it goes back to what we are one kind, which is human, humankind, like Absolutely. just humanity. Absolutely. Um, I, I feel the same way about mental health. I, um, that's why I talk about it a lot. When I was researching you guys, I was like, DJ's a pilot up uh, next. And I'm uh, <laughs> just kidding. I'm kidding. I am kidding. The best part of being a flight attendant was going up into the flight deck during lab breaks and, and, and just hanging out with pilots and stuff. But um, see, now I just brought that up and I lost track of what I was saying. <laughs> Pilots in the flight deck? What happened? No. Um, no, Christina. Be the change, Joe. Christina, be the change. I'll never change. I will never change. I'll always be a nine-year-old emotional boy. So, um, but you mentioned like you can't change the world, but you can talk to individual people and then hopefully that goes on and that moves on and you're kind. And But you guys are changing the world because you're raising two sons to be you know, loving, caring, kind, empathetic people who are going to grow up and hopefully they are going to teach their children that. So yes, I do believe when parents raise their children properly, they are helping to change the world. Of course. They are. And, but you know what? I also think that, you know, just because of how you were raised, it doesn't necessarily define your future because I... I know a lot of people, <laughs> including yeah. myself and DJ and, DJ and I both. Definitely, this is, this is another part where we kind of, we connect on so many levels. And when he first met me, I would never oh, forget that. that. I just thought he was full of it, <laughs> being a pilot in a, in a, in a, um, a firefighter. <laughs> and I was like, oh God, here we go. But we really, it, it, we really do. Like we both have been in like a mentorship therapeutic um you know, a position where we've had somebody who's kind of taken us under their wing and really helped us when we were in difficult times in our teenage years for us. Uh, mm -hmm. we're, we're both children of divorce, so we know that that's difficult and what that feels like. Um, you know, there's been things like division and abuse in our families. And, you know, I grew up in a very strong cultured family with very strong traditional values of a Sicilian, you know, father who's from Sicily and, and parent and mother who is Italian and the way they were raised and that obviously impacted me and some of it's amazing and I, I love my culture and I, I won't, you know, I don't want to diminish that because I'm very proud of who I am, but there was a lot of things that came out of that that negatively impacted me and I had to figure out how to break away from that mm -hmm. and not sit there and constantly blame my parents and fault them. I had to accept the differences and the limitations. I'm the first person in my entire family to have a PhD, to go to college, to have a PhD. I was going to say to go to college too. Yeah, um, I, I have, you know, a few family members that went to college that have maybe a bachelor's degree, um, maybe a, a couple that have a master's. I'm just trying to think because I have so many cousins. I mean, you're, <laughs> you've got to think like it's, we have a very big family. Um, I'm a very but, family. So it was a big culture shock for me, that's for sure. <laughs> yeah, it comes from a little bit, but I, I'm the only one that has, a PhD in my family. So it's very uncommon for someone to be as educated as I am. And that poses its own challenges because um, 
they, they don't have that. They're just, it's just, you know, what they know and how they're entrepreneurs, which I, I love. That gave, that gave me the business savviness that I have. So I, I cannot downplay that. They were amazing at what they did in that respect. You know, my grandfather owned a sanitation company in, o- in Ocala where I grew up and my father owned a pizzeria for most of my life. And I'm very proud of, of and I learned a lot from that. But there's things that I went through that definitely contributed. It may have hindered me from being anything more than average. And it was me that, that took that my own reins that said, that's not enough. Like, I'm not willing to accept this. I want more. And I, I got the help that I needed, the mentorship that I needed to empower myself. Again, that word is there. And if you ask my mentor, she's amazing. Her name's Debbie, um, Debbie Patel, fantastic woman fantastic woman, like the best human I've ever met in my life. Um, she's the godmother to my child. As a matter of fact, she was at my wedding. Like she's just a very intricate part of my life. And, um, and I tell her all the time, it's all because of you. Like if I would not be the therapist I am today without you. And by the way, she is a marriage and family therapist as well. And she'll tell me, oh, sweetie, it was never about me. It's always about you. Like she, she doesn't take the credit. She makes me own that. And mm. I appreciate that because, she doesn't have an ego, which is why I love her so much. And she makes she she helped me to be very humble and very grounded and very um, empathic and like be kind to myself. Like I had to learn to fill my own cup, in other words, and that made it easy for me to give and share my cup with other people. And I cannot stress that enough. Like everybody's like, "Oh, go change this, go do that." Well, have you checked yourself first? Because if you haven't. If you're not doing anything to change you, educate yourself, empower yourself, then it's going to be really hard for you to be effective with other people. Absolutely. Genuinely effective. Um, so I really believe in that. And that's why mental health is so important because it gives you the opportunity to do that. And by the way, mental health comes in a lot of forms. Like, yeah, you could do therapy and that's definitely part of it. But I tell all of my people, like, if you're not exercising, if you're not taking care of your nutrition and eating well, if you're not sleeping, if you're not, you know, if you're consuming like drugs and alcohol and just, you know, you're not taking care of yourself and filling your cup in those ways too, they're all a part of the recipe of success. Mm -hmm. And you're going to, you're going to have a difficult time. So that's why the wellness center was so important to me. It wasn't about just doing a CrossFit. It wasn't just about doing therapy it was about having this one place this model of these different pieces because collectively it brings like that ultimate opportunity to be happy and self-actualized and well um just well and then you don't want to be anything but happy towards other people like there's no room i don't hate a single person you could ask me like who do you hate i'm like i don't not one like it's so foreign to me to even think about being mean or to hate I, I, it's not even conceivable. Like, I just don't have room for it. In my Occasionally. Life. So, so, okay, well, yeah, I'm I sure. I mean, I beat him up a little bit, but like. But how do you, how do you guys, like, you don't, you know, you don't want, I, my grandmother always told me never use the word hate. You shouldn't hate is so strong. You like dislike, but. It, it is. When you don't hate anything, but how do you process your feelings when you're really angry at something or somebody has pissed you off so much? It's like, I'm, I'm going to smash things. Um, so first I did to be, okay. So to be honest with you, the first thing I do, if I'm feeling that intense, I go lift, I go cross it. I take all that energy and I go 
CrossFit and wear myself out so that I can bring myself down. Because part of the problem is that um, people react, they don't respond. And so I, I tell people, listen, pause just for a second, like stop, breathe, take a nice deep breath and like, resp- and then respond because just that extra few seconds will give you the ability to process what you're about to say or do that you know is not a good choice. Like it's just not a good choice. So um, I practice all the same things I preach. We practice the same things we preach. We talk to each other. We have friends that we talk to for our support. Like we have, we check our inventory. We make sure we're not sur- surrounding ourselves by people who, um, who are, you know, rude but, or I mean, condescending. Joe, I, mean, like, I would say at the same time though, when I was away a lot, you know, it gave us a good break. But now that I've been home more, you know, with this whole quarantine and, you know, the downturn of uh, travel, that it helps it's been tough, you know, to not get angry because we do get frustrated because we do see each other all the time or we're not used to it. You know what I mean? So I think that we both need to either CrossFit or take a moment to get away from each other, you know, go for a drive, whatever it may be. We get space for sure. Yeah. Good space. I mean, I'll tell them like, I just need space right now. I, I, the other day I was so overwhelmed by like what was occurring. Um, and I just said, I just need a few minutes. It was raining and I went and sat outside and I just sat there listening to the rain, staring out of the preserve in my backyard and it was amazing. And he's like, okay, no problem. Like, right. we just do that. And, and, um, cause here's the thing, we're human. We're going to feel things. I feel anger. I feel sadness. I feel happiness. I feel frustration. I feel nervous. I feel the same feelings that you feel, that he feels. We all feel feelings. It's about, it's about emotional regulation. It's about what do you do with them? You cannot take your feelings and it does not give you the right to take them and be harmful. You know, that is, you know, that's what I, I want to make sure that we don't do. We don't want to take it and use it where it's going to hurt ourselves or hurt someone else. So if you put healthy things in place, then you can manage that. You can, you can talk through it. You can work through it, mm. you know, physically, um, whatever. Like there's things that you can do to help manage your emotions. Like we're all going to feel these things. We will. That will never change. But what you choose to do with that is the difference. That is the difference between, you know, those who do it the right way and those who do it the wrong way. And I will tell you a big barrier to that and a big, you know, I would say fuel feeding um, in, in a negative way is the social media. I'm, I, I really have a tough time with that because um, people either hide behind it and they feel like, Hey, I'm behind the screen and I can just say things and there's no repercussions or they, um, they get caught up in it and there's no filtration and written communication gets construed, construed in a different way. Or maybe someone had so much, too much to drink and then posted. So, I mean, there's like so many different examples that I've seen and I'm just like, wow, this is, not it's becoming more and more a problem. That's for sure. I mean, not a good thing. At, oh, absolutely. At too, yeah, be- you know? well, because when you're having a conversation, you're at say you're at dinner with someone and you're having a conversation with them and you get frustrated and or you're right. angry and you say something, it comes out. Everyone at that little table is like, "Oh my god, can you believe what DJ just said?" And then, you t- oh, yeah, I just saved me. And then, <laughs> and then you t- of course it would. And then you talk about it for a few moments and then it over, but. People have turned right. social media into this. I'm not even going to, I'm so angry. I'm not going to pause for a moment. I'm not, and think about what I want to say. They just go right on social media. Oh, they post, totally. they post their 
inner rawest thoughts, which sometimes are not good. <laughs> and, yeah, exactly. and then it's like, it's like a wildfire and then you can never take it back, which this is a great transition into talking about the mm. CEO of CrossFit, um, Greg Glassman. Yeah, now tell me like, so he created CrossFit. Is that kind of like, is CrossFit a trademarked name? Is it like gold, it is, yeah. gold gym or something? Yeah. Yeah, it's a trademark name, and you know he is um, the, the the founder, and he does own you know the CrossFit name, and so um, and the methodology behind it, and um, you know <clears throat> he has a team of people and affiliates that make CrossFit. Though that's the thing to remember, um, it's not one person; it's a movement, and it's a methodology, and it's the community. That's what CrossFit is about. He just happens to be at the helm of the ship. Oh, was so he would oh, be was. like so he would be like L. Ron Hubbard for Scientology. Yeah, um, like the say. creator. Yeah, like yeah. the guy who said, "This is what we're gonna do. We're gonna grab ropes and flip them around, and we're gonna flip tires around, and we're gonna make you do burpees until you vomit." Well, I, I forgot that his background, Christina. He was a, a he was a uh, gymnast. Okay, he was a gymnast, but he's also got a degree in something. I forgot sort of a science, but. Yeah. yeah, I mean, he, he kind of came up with it, uh, the whole process of the CrossFit, you know, regime, I guess, as, as it were. And the reason I'm bringing right. him up, yeah, and the reason I'm bringing it up is because recently he got into a little bit of trouble with Twitter. Um, oh, and yeah. then he had a Zoom call. I don't know if you guys heard about the Zoom call where he was, yeah. where he said something like, can you tell me why I should mourn him talking about George Floyd? Other than that, it's a white thing to do. And, you know, Reebok has severed ties with him. Lots of CrossFit gyms have severed ties with him. When you first heard this, what was your first reaction to hearing this in the news? God, I like my heart sunk. And then I, I, I remember we were driving back from Savannah. I was like, you've got to be kidding me. I cannot believe he said that. Um, I was in shock. We were, we were both in shock. Um, you know, it was more like just stunned. Like, and all that is going on right now, that's what you said. You know, and then not, the high regard we had or have of CrossFit and then have somebody so important in the organization to say something so dumb, you know what I mean? It's just, it was a shock to the system. You know what I mean? Right. Cause it's CrossFit is in the name of your company. Yeah, so of course. Do yeah. you have Met to, many companies. Do, do you have to pay them to use, is, is that the way it works? You have to pay them to use that name in your title? Yeah. Yep. It's an okay. affiliation fee that we pay okay. yearly to be affiliated with CrossFit. Um, we, get our training through CrossFit, you know, CrossFit level one and two, um, certification. Um, so a lot of our training comes from the staff at CrossFit. Um, our certification comes from it and our ability to use the CrossFit name as an affiliate. So when you, um, so you were in the car when you first heard this and I saw on Instagram, you wrote a post, you wrote a post about like, we don't agree. It was from your business account. Did you have to go into the gym and like talk to people and say, Hey, listen, we're, you know, we don't approve of that message. Um, yeah. So basically that happened on Sunday. We put, we made that announcement, um, as you saw to make sure that people understood that just because one guy said something, that doesn't mean that that is a reflection on our values or how we feel, um, or of our gym. And 
it's not reflective of CrossFit, which I think that's the frustrating part for affiliate owners um, is that, um, you know, you've got somebody who is just, and it's not the first time he's said really dumb things and stupid, like not well thought. He's taking bad choices. Um, and he's, you know, just said things without thinking. And he's just, it, it, it's the culmination of that. And I think people got sick and tired of it. And then he did it again um, in, and he also did an email too. So it was a combination of a couple different events that were very recent and together. And so it collectively, it was just like, are you going to stop already? Like enough. Um, so a lot of taking his privileges to tweet and yeah. talk, um, you know, a while ago. Um, he just was not doing good for the CrossFit name. Um, so they oust him, right? Didn't they? Isn't he gone now? They or? did. Um, they, you know, a lot of people started to kind of disaffiliate. Um, and like you said, people were pulling out, um, until there was change. Um, other people like myself and some, um, and many other gyms, there's like 15,000 affiliates. So, um, I think in the first like few days, there was over 1200 people who supposedly, I don't know like the exact number, but that was just what was kind of going around social media is that there was about that, that, that disaffiliated and a bunch of, you know, sponsors that had pulled themselves away from CrossFit. Um, the remainder, I think, um, like took a stance similar to ours in that we wanted to, we love CrossFit and we believe that CrossFit is so much more than one person. Like CrossFit is the community. It's the affiliate owners. It's us. It's not him. Right. We, without us, there would be no CrossFit. And CrossFit has gotten its reputation because of people like us and gyms like us. And that's what differentiates us from the other methodologies. I mean, it's not just the science. It's, um, it's, you know, what we do. Um, it's the community. So it was really important to distinguish that and not just, again, be reactive. I wanted us to pause, to breathe, to think and see what they were going to do. Because if HQ, CrossFit HQ was going to do nothing, then there would be no choice but to pull away because we won't associate ourselves with that kind of a culture. Like that's not what we value and believe in. But if they were going to make change, if they were going to use this as an opportunity to diversify and to become more culturally competent and improve, you know, some of the areas within the CrossFit that needed to be addressed, then yeah, we wanted to do that. We want to be a part of that change. Again, going back to my original premise, um, so we've been waiting to see what they're going to do. There's so much more than just changing your name when it comes to CrossFit. Um, it's, it's, there's a lot more that goes to just saying, well, I'm going to change my name and not put CrossFit well, in it. Well, it draws you in. I mean, the members, right. yeah, I mean, anybody sense. can go work out. But when you look forward to working out with the people, and you don't have to, like when you go to a global gym or wherever it might be, you have to go there and you sit on the treadmill and you figure out, oh, what am I going to do today? I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that. You're by yourself and you really don't have any motivation. But when you have you know, people you look forward to, like some of the gate agents uh, at the airline that I work at are members of at our gym. And I get to see them outside of work. And I look forward to that time when we all work out together. And we could say how your day is going. And that's something that motivates me along with a lot of other attributes to the whole CrossFit experience that makes it so much fun. So, I mean, that's why I think that that's why CrossFit is so popular. And it's a shame that he, you know, said what he said and needs to be you know, fixed, corrected, all the above, you know? 
I am. Um, right. I'm, I'm glad that we. Um, I'm. I'm definitely glad we talked about this, and I'm. And it's important for people to understand that just because the founder says something ignorant and stupid doesn't mean you should you know, stop going to that gym or stop buying that type of product. It's like, that's one idiot, course, yeah. right? Um, yeah. Who probably feels um, arrogant enough to be able to say these things and not think, and that's where my brain, I get so, it's like scrambled eggs inside my head. When I try to uh, try to understand, <laughs> you do realize we're going through this, like, chaotic moment in American history regarding like yeah. racial disparity. Oh. And that's what you have yeah. to say. Don't you realize it's going to, this isn't going to end well for you. I've, I can't understand that. He could have made a good choice and brought the community together by involving CrossFit. Yet he went the other way, which I just can't wrap my head around. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, I think that's kind of um, the fr a frustrating part for us too, is because we on the, on the front lines, like the affiliate owners who are connected to their people, we know what CrossFit does. And he does know, which is really frustrating. Um, and so you have the opportunity to use CrossFit as a, a means of unity um, because, of, because of what we value. It is the ultimate platform to go out there and say, hey, this is, this is what we're doing and this is how we can bring people together. Like CrossFit is that amazing of a tool. And yet you... <laughs> like DJ said, you went to completely, it's like mind boggling that you yeah. have chosen to go the other way, which right. again, like brings me back to one, there's a major mental decline. We're making bad choices. We're not thinking things through. We're like going social media happy and really social media should just be turned off right now until we get ourselves mentally stable as a, as a, <laughs> as a, as a, as a yeah. society, honestly before it gets any worse. Oh yeah. Um, I'm, I'm one of those people that think social media is going to be the downfall of society because right? you, I, I want, I, I wish people had to take like a, um, a test to even get a Twitter account. Like I went off Twitter because I think Twitter is just <laughs> the devil, like, like the devil, you know, don't worry about the antichrist coming back. It's Twitter and it's headquarters in San Francisco. Like <laughs> it is the worst thing. I think it's, it's just terrible, but I agree with you that you can't you can't blame an entire business for one idiot who just thinks he can get away with saying ignorant things. Yeah, I mean, and if you have, it could be any CrossFit gym. I hope the members at that CrossFit gym would reach out to the owner and ask the question instead of just like you said, social media, radiant fire, just, just just whatever it is, just get you know and say whatever you want. Ask the question, you know, is this how you feel as an owner of a CrossFit gym? And I bet you more than 99.9% .9 would say absolutely not. You know yeah. what I mean? People were all making that um, post because they wanted people to know, like, listen, we don't agree with that statement. That's not right. I mean, we're not the only ones that put that statement out there. If you go to any CrossFit feed, you're going to find a statement very similar to ours. Mm -hmm. I mean, it was just like right. blowing up with these comments and these statements to make sure that people knew that that did not represent us as a whole. Um, so my hope is they do have a new person in. Um, I hope that they will continue to make some changes. It's not good enough. Um, it's definitely not enough. There needs to be a lot more change. I hope that they consider more of the mental health piece of things that could really help to benefit the culture of CrossFit and diversify it. And I think that would be a huge addition. And I'm totally up for the job if they need me to come yeah. and be like the mental health consultant. Um, <laughs> Oh, you should, do, you should put yourself that. up for that. Um, 
Uh, I'll never no see her again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you'll never see me at that job. <laughs> but um, I um, I also think that maybe CrossFit's the company is getting to this point now. You know, in 2018, they had to fire their chief knowledge officer, Ru- Russell Berger. I don't know if you know that story. You probably do. But he had made um, some negative comments about the LGBT community saying celebrating pride is a sin. Um, yeah. And they got rid of him. So I think they're getting, hopefully they're getting to this point where like, all right, we need to be more careful of who we're bringing in. Right. Zero tolerance for that kind of behavior is what it basically comes down to. Now, prior to this, at my gym, we never had to have this conversation because it wasn't an issue. Everybody right. loved everybody and everybody's been respectful. So it's a non-issue for, or it was a non-issue. Mm-hmm. That being said, because we're in this like limbo state, I think mo- I think because I'm so hands-on, I-, I believe in my heart that my members know. Um, but of course, I needed to go go in and give them some assurance and like keep the communication lines open. So I did send out, even, you know, even today, another you asked, email, you know, yeah, you I sent members. out another email, um, kind of following up. But again, I, I believe in like processing and thinking about it. So I took the last few days to really think and see, um, because I've got to think before I speak too. And I don't let my emotions drive my choices. Mm-hmm. Uh, that gets you into trouble. Oh, so absolutely. I, 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 articulated an email response to assure everyone that we would continue to provide a safe place and stick to our values and that, that, that I love them and that was never going to change. And if they had concerns or if they felt like we could do something better to grow, that please let me know. And, uh, and of course we have a private member page where we can kind of chat amongst the members on Facebook. And so I reiterated that again this morning and I've just been starting to have conversations like, um, I've been asking people, you know, Hey, how you doing? What are you thinking? Do you have any concerns? Um, and some of them have like talked and said some things to me. And then today was probably the first time, um, we, we just sat there after class and had a conversation. Um, and I hope we do this more. Um, I mean, we're, it's normal for people to kind of hang out and linger after class and just talk. That's just the normal thing that CrossFit does. It's part of the community aspect of it. But today we found ourselves having this conversation about um, what he said and how people are feeling and, you know, where we are with things. And next thing you know, we're talking about, um, you know, differences in race and culture. And it was a conversation with, you know, uh, myself and DJ and some of the members and, you know, the, yeah. a, a black person and, and, and um, a white person. And like, so we were all, you know, it was not just a bunch of people congregating and like, you know, talking it was like a very productive open conversation educational intellectually stimulating and i loved it and we all walked away like this is why we love crossfit like this is what it's about when nobody's offended everybody's just talking and we're talking about difficult things and and it was just amazing and it just made me feel it made me feel reassured because you know as the owner i mean of course i'm worried i care about not only my business but i care about my members and i want them to have a place to come to but and I worry about them. I worry about what they're thinking. I mean, I care. So it also to gives feel- you good perspective on life too. I mean, to get different perspective on what people are thinking because it's not necessarily your own thoughts. You know what I mean? It, it could be somebody else thinking something completely different that you didn't think of and change your, your feelings on uh, what's going on in the world right now. Right. You know what I mean? Well, people well that's are- just what good leaders do. Right. You know, good leaders listen. They listen and they hear what the community has to say. And they don't dismiss. And that's what he did. He was very dismissive. Somebody 
specifically asked him a question and he was very dismissive about something. And it's like, regardless of what you believe, you as a leader have the responsibility to step up and reassure your people and make sure that they feel comfortable and, you know, that they feel supported and that, you know, you do something about that. Like if they're hurting, you've got to be the leader and step up and take care of that. And so I, I just, at the very least, he should have done that. And he never did regardless of the comments. Like that in and of itself was bad. But the fact that he didn't stand up and be a leader with all the turmoil that's going on, with all the mental decline. In fact, he even called somebody um, something, I I don't remember their exact words, but basically like attacked them for being like mentally unstable, in other words. And it's like, wow, that's like not what you say. (laughs) You say, how can I help you? You may be hurting. How can I help you? You don't say, God, yeah, you're mentally unstable. Um, No. Well, what what I think is so bizarre to me is like this Greg Glassman and then the ex-chief knowledge officer, Russell Berger, um, Berger, um, by do by, by, you know, Greg saying things against black people or the race issue, or just even making quote unquote jokes about it during this time. And then with the other guy talking about LGBT, they're, they're talking about members of their community because black people exactly. do CrossFit, gay people, gay people love Remember. to work out. Well, I don't, but <laughs> most gay people, I'd say 95% of gay people are in the gym all the time. That's the whole thing. So it's so bizarre to me that the people, these leaders, and they're not being leaders, you're absolutely correct, that they, uh, they would say these things about members of their own community. And that's how strong they feel. Like you've got to say like this dude, Greg, he must've really feel strong about this. If he said this and lost everything, Yeah, Uh, he didn't lose everything, but I mean, his, his, um, reputation's not the best right now. (laughs) So no, he's, he's not coming back. I can guarantee that. Yeah. yeah, no, no, I don't think he would come back either. But I'm glad you guys, it was so weird because, you know, we scheduled this um, interview last week and then I was like, oh my God, I don't even, you know, I'm going to have to spend all this time having them convince me that I need to start working out more. <laughs> and then that happened. And then when I found you had a PhD in psychology, I was like, oh my God, poor DJ. I should just not even have yeah, him on I'm the show. I'm a mess. What are you talking about? I'm ready to go back to work, but, man. I'm ready to get out uh, of here. <laughs> you know, I've retired. I've retired. Next week's my last day. So. I know. I, Congratulations I, I will, on retirement, by the way. I will not be I, a, we know a we're going to miss anymore. you big time. Well, um, I'm going to miss a lot of people also, but I'm not going to miss the bureaucracy and the bullshit of the airline industry. And that's all I'll say yeah. right now. Because technically I'm still... swing right now. I'm, def- <laughs> I'm technically still employed. Come next Tuesday, I could probably say whatever I want. But, <laughs> you know, I... Um, I do want to talk. I do want you guys to talk me into working out more. Right now, though, I have an injury. Um, so, I would say about. I love to run. That's my thing. I'm a runner. I I could if I could run every day, I would. But I'm old and I have bad knees. So not old. Oh, I feel old. But um, I went for. A, yeah. I would say about eight weeks ago, two months ago, I went for a run and it was probably about two and a half miles. Nothing too bad. And when I came home, my knee was like kind of painful. I was like, Oh shit. So I was like, let me just take two weeks off. So I took two weeks off and I was just walking. And then 
And you know, I do push-ups at home and whatnot. And then I was like, all right, I'm going to go for a run. And Matt's like, be careful. So I go out onto the driveway and I'm going to warm up and I'm going to do some jumping jacks. And the, the, um, I'm doing jumping jacks and I come down wrong. Now, I don't know how that happens, but I'm an idiot. And I couldn't even go for the run. So now I've had pain for six weeks. And last weekend we went camping and we were off-roading. We like to off-road. I know we're very butch gay people. And... Um, <laughs> Matt's like, Ooh, this is, this is going to be a, a technical climb. Get, can you get out of the truck and take a video? And I was like, okay, I had my ACE, my wrap on my knee. And when I got out, I twisted my knee. Oh, so no. I'm just a mess. So I went to the doctor yesterday and apparently I have pes and serene bursitis. Have you ever heard of that? I have not. It's this thing in your knee. You know, bursitis is like we all have these bursi sacs around our body. It sounds so disgusting. And um, so so that makes me want to vomit. Oh, God. That's. We're not talking about sacks on the episode. We have, we have a professional woman on the show. So, um, oh, okay. but apparently my sack is infected. <laughs> and um, so yesterday I went for x rays and. Um, I'm waiting for them to call me back because um, it's it's a mo- it's it's left me where I can't run, I can barely walk, I have to put hot e- heat and ice on. It's just terrible. But when I get back to working out, what is a good way for someone who's at a low level to get into CrossFit or to like work out really hard? I was doing those um, high intensity workouts, which I liked. Is it kind of the same thing? Mm-hmm. It's similar, um, you know. CrossFit is for everyone. So when you go in, first thing you need to do is be very communicative and let them know, you know, what your injuries are and what your limitations are. Um, A good CrossFit gym is going to have you come in and do a foundation class. They're going to assess you, see how you move um, first and foremost without any kind of weight. And then they're going to show you the foundational movement. There'll be some corrective measures to make sure that you're moving properly. um, And then, They'll, you know, a lot of them will offer um, some different stretches and mobility um, exercises for you to improve in those areas that may be a little weaker. And then as you strengthen and improve that, um, you can then start to talk about like adding weight um, to some of those movements, depending on what they are. So it could be for a long time, maybe, you know, I don't know what your mobility is, but it could be that you end up just pushing a, a training bar for a while before you end up doing anything um, too heavy. Because a lot of times the problem is people just jump in there and they just start moving really heavy weight, but they don't do it right or to the proper form. And then that doesn't do anything for you either. CrossFit is about functional fitness. So we want you being able to do those daily functions in the right way. So we want you to be able to squat properly. We want you to be able to um, push, pull, um, you know, uh, hinge, all those different Things that you do, and the people life. that get hurt are the ones that put on too much weight because they're trying to impress somebody too. You know what I mean? There's a, the whole other aspect of that. Cause everybody says, "Oh, CrossFit's so dangerous," and everybody's you know going to get hurt, and it's just a matter of time. And it's not the case. Is that you what know, happened you, to you, DJ? Did you were you trying yeah, to show off? She beat me up. I was trying to put on extra weight for Christina, and, and I backfired. Now I look like Quasimodo over well, here. But. Well, I have to. I have to admit when I I follow you guys on Instagram, and when I see the videos, when specifically when I see DJ doing 
um, sh- like movements that I want to do. I'm like, if he can do it, I can do it. So DJ, just so That's you know, right. you, you are my motivation because Aww. I think oh, thanks, when <laughs> I see you working out, I'm like, if that bitch can do it, I can do it. <laughs> exactly. But so once my, <laughs> once my knee gets you better, can do it. Um, you just have to get there. I mean, he's also been doing it for six years. It took him a while to get there. Well, not, and not all the time. See, we took a hiatus too when we left one gym, went to another so on and so forth and work and everything else. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, I am. And I love that you guys do it it together. Yeah. I love that you guys have this thing that you like to do together and you guys can motivate each other and you're motivating me. I mean, it takes a lot to get me to (laughs) shut off Pornhub, but there you are working out at CrossFit. It's amazing. Now, (laughs) you know, you you know, it's not my, it's not an episode if I don't throw out Pornhub at least once. So Um, that is true. I listened to the previous episode. Uh, He's like, oh, I thought you were going to say it's true. I watched Pornhub too. I was going to say, yeah, don't lie. Um, But (laughs) uh, I told you, Christina, at some point it's going to go off the rails, but let me me reel it back in on your website, on your cross, on your Tailwinds CrossFit website, Christina, you say that your favorite workout is Nancy. What is that? So there's, uh, we have benchmark workouts um, and then uh, we have, so the female workouts, they're usually named after a female and there's quick, quick short burner of workouts. And then we have hero workouts um, that are dedicated to um, our heroes um, that have served. And those tend to be a much more longer, um, more difficult workout. Um, and so Nancy is um, running an overhead squat. And that's like my favorite movement is to do overhead squat. So, uh, I really enjoy that. Is that, that just Murph? Is that too, just that Murph? Murph. I saw that. That that looked like <laughs> that looked like <laughs> you had to be Murph to do it. Like a normal human being yeah. doesn't do that. But there's Christina yeah. doing it. Uh, it was rough. I mean, it would have weighed the best too. <laughs> I did do it with a vest this year. I, I, I had um, it took me a couple of days to recover for sure. You were breaking up there, but I heard you, and you you actually wore. The vest, the heavy vest. How much does that vest weigh? Uh, that was a fourteen pound vest. Lady, you can you bet? You know, there's a photo of you guys on Instagram or somewhere, somewhere in the world where you're on a beach. It's like maybe five or six years ago, and DJ is like lifting you up over his head. And at first, I said that's that's photoshopped because I know that's not true. <laughs> But uh, now uh, I'm thinking. That, that was in Puerto Rico. Oh, now I want to see the opposite. I want to see you lifting his dad bot up in the air. I think that would be so incredible. She is tough. She is tough. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no. I um, I want to come to Jacksonville and do a class with you guys. But I, of course, I'm so, I'm so at the bottom of like working out because. You know, I come up with every excuse not to work out. You know, I'll do push-ups, and then at the third day, I'm like, like, is this even working? I know I'm the worst person. How can someone like me really take this seriously? Like, what do I have to so, do? First of all, you, need, you just need to cross it, because honestly, it's, you go, and you can't help but not go back. You go, and it's, again, it's, it's, the, true. it's the community yeah. that keeps you coming back. I can't work out a lot by myself either. Occasionally, I can. But what makes me excited about going and working out is the people that I get to go work out with and the things that we get to do together. 
that's and why, that's why we've been so yeah. so involved with it. Mm-hmm. That's why CrossFit is successful. I mean, I hated going to the gym. Christina confessed it. Hated it. it. I he never hated worked it. He out. would never go. And I was in the fire department, and I had a gym right there way back when, and I still didn't work out until I got assimilated into CrossFit with Christina because she tried it, and then she brought me into it, and I loved it. It was great. And the next thing you know, I was doing it all the time. He's like, why do you always come home and talk about, like, these people and, you know, CrossFit <laughs> all the time? And I know. Like, and like, where are you going now? I'm like, oh, well, I'm going to have coffee with my friend after CrossFit. Like, we would make social, you know, we, we would we would make plans and he's like you're always there and you talk about it and you're always with these people and like what is we going on new, so he we had to, to try it. he couldn't help it right. yeah we were new to the area at the time so we didn't know anybody when we didn't we, know when we first moved down to st augustine we didn't know anybody and the next thing you know because we just tried to cross it we met a whole slew of people and it was great and that's yeah. where our friends were and they're still friends to this day a lot yeah. of them that I love that you say that because you know we're new to this area and it's you know when you're when you're older and it doesn't even have, well yeah no when you're older and you're more settled in life I think it's harder to meet friends because you're not in that early twenty age where you're going to clubs you're going to do this you're kind of older and it's hard to right. meet yeah. people and at first a couple months ago I was like I want to take um boxing lessons I wanted to I wanted to learn just to take some boxing lessons I think that would be great but talking to you guys and researching I do think CrossFit would benefit me because when DJ said like how many times do you go to the gym and you just walk on the treadmill and you think what am I going to do next and I was like that's my problem that's exactly my <laughs> yeah, problem. Yeah, that was me too. Yeah, like I'll do 15 minutes on the treadmill and then I'm like, all right, well, I guess I should go over here and do these free weights. All right, let me do All right, oh my God, I've been here 20 minutes. It's time to go home. Well, that's that's the thing. Like you get the best of all the world. You walk in, the workout is already done for you. Like we've already created it and it's based, it's very methodically like thought out. It's not that we just put some things together. Um, so you don't have to guess what to do. We tell you what to do. We show you how to do it. So you're getting an element of personal training because the coaches are, are hands-on. They're talking you through everything. They're making sure you're doing it correctly and safely. And then you're doing it with people. So you feel the sense of, you know, uh, community, like motivation because you've got your friends doing it with you. Um, and then, you know, you've got that membership that you go to. So you just show up. You just got to show up. And everything's like, scalable. Everything's scalable. So you have the people in there that have been doing it for years and years and years. And they're doing amazing extra weight and everything else. Maybe handstand push-ups, unbroken, whatever it may be. And then you have people who are brand new that have never done it before who are just practicing. And everybody's motivating each other. It doesn't matter if you're brand new to it or if you're not in shape. It's about being there and being there together and working out together. Yeah, I love it. You guys got me so excited. Next Thursday, I'm actually going um, to the sports medicine doctor. I think he's going to inject my sack. <laughs> I can't help myself. I'm sorry. Um, he's going to inject. He's like, are you afraid of a needle? I'm Again? Like, yeah. Like, he's like, sir, you've been here three times this week. Um, but they're like, are you afraid of needles? I'm like, if needles equal no pain, stick as many into me as possible. There's a joke somewhere there too that I'm not going to go to. Um, I was thinking it, but I'm not saying it. But um, but I love this conversation, and you guys have motivated me, and hopefully you've motivated people who are listening to start moving. Because when I think of CrossFit, like you said, I think of that rope thing that you lift up and down, and the tire, and you know, basically pushing yourself to almost heart attack level, and then not dying. Yeah, 
<laughs> no. And that's not what it is, right? That's a that's a no. myth. No. Okay. That is a myth. I mean, it's an amazing workout. I mean, you can push yourself as hard as you want to push yourself. Everything is scalable. That's like Christina was saying before. You know, get used to it. Do something light. Get used to the movements. Get used to the CrossFit itself because it's a combination of everything. We have beach workouts around the ocean with swimming. It could be on the sand. It could be uh, at the gym. I mean, there's a million ways of working out, and it's a combination of everything. So it's it's not just one movement, you know. And um, yeah, I mean, it, it it just make sure you pace yourself in the beginning and get used to it. And then once you feel comfortable, and the coach is there to help, you know, then you can start progressing and, and doing more. <laughs> Sometimes you, I get yelled at because I do too much. Do you think people should talk to their doctor before they? join a CrossFit program or just talk to the, to the, to the coaches and um, the I trainers mean, first. Some, some doctors though will say, you know, no outright because they have that negative stigma of CrossFit. Like, Oh, you're going to break an arm or you're going to tear a ligament or whatever it may be. Um, but I mean, I would say talk to the, to, to the coach you know, and tell them what the underlying conditions you may have. And then let them, you know, move forward with it. Like Christina will never let somebody with a knee injury um, go deadlift 400 pounds. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. That hurt me so, just thinking about it. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. I'm just being, you know, over the top. But, I mean, things can be modified, not just one movement. So if everybody's doing deadlifts, and I'm just using this as an example, and your knee hurts, then we'll do something different. You know what I mean? Sure. Yeah, absolutely. That makes sense. But I am the kind of person that needs a trainer. And I've always been so cheap when I could afford one, but I'm like, oh God, a hundred dollars a month. Do you know how many books I could buy on Amazon with a hundred dollars? Um, but really using Christina's favorite word of empower, if you work out, you feel better. It gives, you feel better about yourself. You have confidence, which equates to feeling empowered. And it's just all connected mentally, physically. I freaking love it. Oh and you God. have that high that you have a definitely like great feeling of accomplishment at the end of the workout. You know, you feel a million dollars. I mean, it's, it's, it's just a great feeling yes. and you feel you accomplish something for the day, you know, and you can go through the day and maybe have that cookie, you know, whatever it may be. Or the pizza, or just sit on oh, the sofa. Yeah. Yeah. No, you guys. <laughs> thank I you. Get yelled at. <laughs> no, don't get yelled at. But you guys, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. What a great conversation. You know, at first I was like, are we going to talk about working? Like I said, are we going to talk about working out the whole time? But this conversation has been incredible. And I want to thank you both. We didn't even talk about, I didn't know DJ was a fire. Were you a firefighter? Yeah, up in New York as volunteer for like, seven years almost. Like a real fire, like you ran into fires? Yeah. Yeah, that, I, that's how I met Christina. He'd be the only firefighter that came out of the fire that wasn't dirty. They called him Pretty Boy. Is, <laughs> it, is this a true story? Because I, I would, yeah. I, I would totally believe life. that. I could believe that 10 firemen <laughs> run into a house that's burning. Nine of them come out covered in soot. And, and he walks out like, <laughs> is my hair messy? <laughs> and he also is the one that makes the paper out of all of them. Yeah, that's a whole other story. Oh my God! Yeah, he well, gets in, he he makes the newspaper. He made the newspaper as a fireman because of his that because he's a pretty boy and he keeps clean. <laughs> oh my God! Well, thank you for being a firefighter, and Christina, thank you for 
giving back to the community because when I saw your background, I was like, this is going to be an incredible conversation. So I want to thank you guys both so much. Thanks uh, for the opportunity to come on. Absolutely. Well, before I let you go, there's one more thing we have to play. Let's get grounded where I ask you a question and there's two of you. So you're both going to be able to pick a question. And if you want to pick the Uh different questions, you can. But um, Christina, we'll go with you first. Ladies first. Um, Pick an air. I'm going to pick an airline. American Airlines, JetBlue, Southwest, Alaska, Frontier, or Spirit? JetBlue. JetBlue. This is my favorite question. Okay. On a flight from Los Angeles to Sydney, if you could sit next to any famous person, dead or alive, who would it be and why? Liza Minnelli. Why and why? Because I am, I just, I think she is amazing. I love, I've always loved her music and I would love to just pick her brain and talk with her. I did not think you were going to say, that's why I love this question. Cause people say things that I'm like, what? I did not expect Liza Minnelli, but yeah. Did you watch that movie, Judy about her mom? And you know what? I, I'm, ash- I'm ashamed to say that I have not yet get to, gotten to see that movie. You know, I haven't either. Renee won the award, but I do know that Liza was like, I don't, I don't support this or she didn't like back it. She was probably like, yeah. And I can understand that. Like if somebody was going to, well, if somebody was going to make a movie of my mom, I'd be like, let me write it. But I yeah. understand that. But Liza Minnelli, that's good. Oh, that's a, that's what the gay boys would say. So I could tell you're an Italian. <laughs> DJ, DJ, I'm, yes. I'm not even going to let you pick. I'm just going to ask the same question because I'm curious of what you would say. So on a flight from, I, I'm terrible. I'm not even going to let you pick. I'm going to tell you what question you're answering. Um, On a flight from Los Angeles to Sydney, if you could sit next to any famous person, dead or alive, who would it be and why? Uh, That's a tough question. I just, you know, because we were talking about actors and famous people, I would say Michael Caine, just because of his background. And just ask him how he got into acting and why he's so versatile in all the roles he's played. You know, and, and he's been around for a very long time. And I always enjoyed him as an actor you know, listening to him. a British actor, Michael Caine. Am I correct? Is that who you're talking yeah, about? Yes. 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 Yeah, yeah. Because his, his, he's got a very interesting background. He did such small roles and you'd think he popped up later in life, but he had been acting for so long and he did theater and he had that, he had an, his accent. I don't know if you know this, but when he was coming up, he had a Cockney accent and they were like, yeah, that's, you're never going to get far with that. You need to tone that down. And right. he's like, no, I'm just going to talk the way I want to talk. And he's had a <laughs> successful career, which I think is great. Yeah. Yeah. That's something I would just, you know, enjoy this conversation with. I know his background would be very, uh, you know, diversified, like you said, and it'd be kind of cool just to, to hear what he had to say. Well, thank you guys so much for coming on the show. Please let everyone know if they're in the Jacksonville area, where they can find you, where they can find your gym, your website online and stuff. Please let everyone know that information. Um, so we're in Jacksonville, Florida at 5530 Florida Mining Boulevard South. <clears throat> um, that's in like the Mandarin area. Um, you can find us online at www.crossfittailwinds.com. Um, we are also on Instagram and Facebook, CrossFit Tailwind. Um, and you can also give us a call, 904-891-0761. Everybody is welcome, and we would love to have, um, have anybody come and drop in, try a class, and be a part of our community if they want to be. 
Yes. So if you live in the area, if you live in the north northeast portion of Florida, give them a try. Tell walk in and say flight. I heard you on the flight attendant Joe podcast. They're gonna love that. No. <laughs> <laughs> we'll give them a special flight attendant Joe discount. Oh my God. Now I'm going to come. There and get you go. That. I'm coming. I'm coming to get the flight attendant <laughs> Joe discount, which really means I'm just going to drink with you guys in your backyard. Uh, <laughs> thank you guys so much. You guys have a safe day. Have a great weekend and I will talk to you soon. Thanks. Joe. Take thank care. We love much. you. And um, love you guys too. Awesome. Take care. You too. Ladies and gentlemen, if you enjoyed this week's episode of Grounded with Flight Attendant Joe, please subscribe to the podcast. You'll get alerts when new episodes air. Also, check out Flight Attendant Joe on Facebook and Instagram. And if you still haven't had enough of me, (laughs) check out the blog at www.flightattendantjoe.com.